0: why do people want to follow you? Like, why are you so special, you know, that people want to follow you? So none of it made sense to me. It's just, I couldn't fathom why any of this made sense.
1: Welcome to the Full-Time Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Lee, and I'll be sharing industry knowledge and social media tips through weekly interviews with established creators and Q&A sessions. Our goal is to help you decode social media, become a full-time influencer, and do what you love for a living. Let's dive in. Hello creators, every week I say we have a super special guest, but today's guest is truly
0: special.
1: special. (laughs) Today we have my husband, Mr. D. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll uh, see him a lot and you probably know a good bit about him already. And today we're going to basically talk to each other and hopefully our conversation will be helpful for those out there with uh, another half. So I know that a lot of people listening struggle with a problem where your other half finds what you're doing on social media really silly. Like they think that social media is not serious. They wonder why you're trying to be an influencer. This is all ridiculous. You're just being vain and taking photos. Well, let me tell you, I've had all of those problems and I we had many fights before and we're going to talk about it and how he changed his mind and all that. So I hope that our transformation, our our conversation might be help, helpful for you, first to understand, you know, how to work with your other half, how to get them to understand, but also maybe one day you'll be able to listen to this with your other half and then you both can really come to a better understanding.
0: That was really articulate.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah,
0: seriously. I mean, that. even this whole journey has helped you become more articulate and a better public speaker. Too.
1: It is true so let's first start with how we first met then i guess you know some people are curious how did we
0: meet we met on a dating app i think i swiped right and yes <laughs> the,
1: the dating no it wasn't a swiping dating app it's called happen h-a-p-p-n so i think it still exists
0: yeah yeah but it's uh it's died down right right and it was really a location-based dating app yeah where we kind of live slash cross paths with each other in New York, Correct. even though New York is not that large of a city.
1: Right. Basically, this app is an app that will determine who is close to you. Maybe it's they work there or maybe they live there. Um, and then they'll show you like how many times you crossed paths and recommend you the people that you've crossed paths several times with. I think we crossed paths like three times or yeah, something. Yeah, that's right. So we happened to live about 10 minutes away from each other. I also worked where I lived and so that's how we came to meet. What were your first impressions?
0: I thought it was pretty cool that you were a lingerie designer. So I was like, ooh, there's something interesting there. Particularly from a guy's perspective too. You mean
1: it was on my profile?
0: No, that was after we met, I think. Yeah. It was uh, after we met and you said you were a lingerie designer. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I just, when we met, we actually met inside a bar mm-hmm. in uh, New York called The Ship, right? That's right. It was kind of like an underground, but very darkly lit, dimly lit place. It
0: was an underground bar with like a speakeasy type feel where yeah. the d- decor inside was a, a ship. Yeah, yeah. So they had all of these ship memorabilia just to make you feel like you were inside a boat.
1: Why did you pick that place?
0: Um, Because I thought it was unique. (laughs) And I always have a standard first date where, you know, you would take them to a bar, get to know them, see if they are attractive, see if they're not a weirdo. And then from there, you can kind of um, progress.
1: It's just one of his um, standard first date spots.
0: Yes, it actually is a standard first date spot.
1: I will say by this time, I had been in New York for, I think, five, four or five years. So, like, dating in New York City, it's not something I'm unfamiliar with. So, people like him, it was very common. Like, I knew the whole gist of everything. And so, I showed up at the date. He was there already. And um, I could tell he was interested because, like, when he saw me, his eyes, like, lit up. And I was like, okay, this is cool. I'll get a free drink, whatever. And... Towards the end of our conversation, I was just like, it's just another basic guy living in New York City trying to get a date, (laughs) maybe a hump. (laughs) And uh, um, I mean, you were nice, but it was just like the the generic, like really curious about my title being a lingerie designer. Mm -hmm. And then you, after our drinks were wrapping up, I was ready to go. But then you were like, oh, do you want to grab dinner? And I was like, "Okay, here we go. The standard, like, let me grab a drink and spend minimal money and make sure she actually looks like her photos. And then I want to decide if I want to take her to dinner and spend more money because i've made sure that she looks okay yes yeah, <laughs> and so he was like yeah I, I i booked this restaurant nearby it was yoparai
0: yeah yeah it's a japanese uh like just quick bite type yeah, of
1: thing yeah. yeah and i know that restaurant isn't like you can't really just like walk in and he had <laughs> made this reservation so i was like dude you totally came prepared you just like
0: always have a plan b just in case <laughs> plan a it worked no yeah plan
1: B. yeah so but anyway we went right yeah
0: we went we had a good time we had a
1: good conversation and
0: then what did it and then turn when, out well or yes out poorly?
1: at the end of the the conversation um we we're like all right let's go because i had to go somewhere i um i had another event afterwards so i was like keen to get out of there so I was like okay I have to go and then I very very slowly went to get my wallet and made sure that it was long enough for you to get your wallet <laughs> and then you're like no it's okay it's on me and I was like okay cool thanks
0: <laughs> terrible now I know this is how I got stuck with, with this great well
1: worst case I get a free meal you know and <laughs> um, and then after that um, we were in the cab Mm -hmm. you you took me home Home. and along the way he actually kind of got a sense that I wasn't super keen yeah so he basically just asked me very candidly he was like hey you know look um, can you just be honest with me like I didn't
0: say it like that okay
1: how did you say it I forget forget
0: how I said it but it was smoother than that
1: Oh. it was way
0: smoother than that I have to give you more credit yes but I felt like it was weak like the the date was like yeah. kind of it was okay it was a borderline like eh, pleasant pleasant yeah. yeah yeah it's just borderline pleasant like i could be friend zone any second so i was like you know <laughs> i'm gonna pull out yeah. uh, a, a crazy card so oh. i'll just go for something unique because my whole uh view is that if it doesn't work go for broke and just go for unique because I I like unique things. Yeah, I like yeah. weird stuff. Yeah. So I just took a shot and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go and ask how it went because nobody would do that. That would yeah. be weird. So yeah. I just said, hey, you know, uh, what do you feel about the date or how do you think it, it went? So you were pretty blatant. I, and I think I said something like be, bl- be yes. brutally honest yes, too. Yes. I said those words.
1: Yes, yes. You know, I have to say that's the first time a guy ever asked me like how a date went. And I am a very brutally honest person. <laughs> Unluckily for you, so like he asked, he was like, be honest. I was like, okay, yeah, I'll be honest with you. Like it was, just, it was just okay. So I was like, look, man, like you're really nice. I trust you're a really nice person, but I just don't think where you're there yet. And you're basically like a 30 year old man uh, trapped in uh, you're like a five-year-old boy trapped in a 30 year old man's body and i think you still have a few more years to play yes that's basically what i said and
0: that was pretty true too and i was like wow i think because you said it so brutally honest and you had dissected me so quickly i was like whoa i accept (laughs) your challenge (laughs) i was like oh wow nobody's ever figured me out in in one hour god there must be something better like okay i must figure this out it's so, so it was like a puzzle and a challenge so we we uh, left each other there i got out of the cab because the cab dropped me off first because my home was um on the way first yeah and then i got out of the cab and i was like okay going for broke round two so then immediately soon as i got out and nobody does this i text you immediately and said hey how about lunch tomorrow Because that was pretty aggressive. So it's like, you already rejected me. I'm going to go for rejection number two and even harder. Because nobody does that.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes. I was a bit surprised. And I was like, oh, I guess he really wants to give it a try. So again, I was like, yeah, I don't mind a second free meal. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, yeah, sure. I'll take a second free meal. You're pleasant enough to talk to.
0: Great. And then I was like, okay, so how do I stand out on round two what can i do that's completely illogical and out of the ordinary so i was like you know what did i talk about this already or uh, i was like oh you know what i'm gonna plan a kidnapping so (laughs) i was like oh it would be really ridiculous to plan a kidnapping so i was like okay so how did i even propose it i was like I I made it into a joke. I was like, okay, it was a game. It was a game. You gamified the date. I gamified the date. Oh, man, that's just I was on the the gamified world way before it even became popular. (laughs) So I gamified the date, and I was like, okay, so tomorrow I'm going to kidnap you. Oh, yeah, that's how I
1: did I, it. I think you did say that, but in yes, a funny way. Sure. I mean, most women, I mean, you would get a sense, right? If if he does seem creepy, you want to make sure you don't go on the <laughs> date. <laughs> but thankfully, I, I had a good sense about this guy. He seemed just pretty naive in a way, but like fun. And he liked to challenge, and I was like, yes, this is like a typical guy who usually gets dates really easily so i'll just i'll go for it
0: right right so then i i created a challenge i was like okay I'm going to bring, you know, you're going to get kidnapped and the kidnappers are going to require these three or four things in order to let you go. It's like a ransom. It's like a ransom. Right. So I got you to bring your passport. Did you really? Yes. I got you to bring your passport because I was like, oh, you know what? We're going to talk about all the places that you've been by looking (laughs) at your passport, like, you know, the back of your passport. So that was a topic of conversation. That's creepy. No, it's just another like conversation topic. And then I was like, you know what? I will bring X, and I forgot. Uh, it, it was you like, didn't
1: bring no no. So let uh, me revise this. You told me also that I had to go to a Japanese snack store on <laughs> Madison Avenue and specifically go there and get some snacks in order to to pay like ransom for, for my kidnapper.
0: Yes, 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 that's right. And yes.
1: then when I when you arrived in the Uber, you even brought it was a phantom of the opera mask and then <laughs> the, there were holes in the eyes so in order to cover the eyes he used like duct white tape. duct tape yes. to like patch the holes in the eyes it looks really creepy it, it was good
0: uh, diy uh, it, it was, was really funny DIY. we still have
1: the mask till right. today and i have a photo so if you want to see photos of this just head to the show notes that are linked in this episode and we'll, we'll show you the photos of this date
0: and then there was something else because I, I I randomly like thought about, you know, um, uh, something. Oh, oh! I think I asked you to bring something that remind you of yourself or remind you of your childhood. Oh, remember? I don't remember this. Or remind you of something that you like or do. So you Maybe. brought something related to lingerie. And really? I was like, yes, yes. I totally
1: I forget this. Man.
0: I recall that you brought something related to lingerie. And I don't know if I... Positioned it that way, like oh, bring something related to your job or your passion or something. So you brought your passport, you brought something with lingerie, and then you brought snacks because the snack thing was important because I wanted you to work for it too. You couldn't just like <laughs> be lazy and just show up. Yeah. So by forcing you to work for something, it um it made you more invested in the date. Right. Yes. Right. Right. God, I was a genius, but I I planned this all on the fly. i was just like oh, this is a challenge. I'm gonna go. And challenge myself
1: yeah and also just so they understand that the time frame of this the first date was like a tuesday or wednesday right and then the second date was like a saturday like a weekend mm-hmm. and so he came in an uber and picked me up and then i had to wear this stupid ridiculous mask <laughs> i felt kind of stupid and funny because the driver was just kind of listening in on our conversation did you
0: feel like you were going to get legitimately kidnapped because you were blindfolded in an uber yeah
1: yeah but no it, i think it was fine because yeah, get a sense of who you are and then um, I could already see where we were going because it was inserted in the Uber <laughs> It was inserted in the app so I was like okay we're going to the met Oh you saw? Yes. No, I didn't But I pre- I pretended like I didn't oh, see. Wow. And the whole time Years he's waited. like do you know where we're going? And I'm like I don't know. Where are we going? <laughs> And so we arrived at the Met, and I was like, "Wow, this is so cool!" And then we just proceeded with the date. It was like we you you actually bought the Met membership specifically for this date, so that we can go into like the VIP area to drink and chat. Right. It was a very good chat, and then we had dinner inside. Oh, it was lunch inside the Met um,
0: restaurant. Yes. Yes. Yes.
1: Anyway, it was it was a good it was it, a good date.
0: Yes, because most people would never have lunch dates too. Right. So I was like, it
1: also puts your guard down. Right. Because like it was a lunch date and not a dinner date, and so I was like, okay, I guess he's kind of serious about getting to know me. Wow. And then after the date, I had to go meet a friend yeah. um, at their apartment, and so I was like, hey, why don't you just come with me? Yes. Like on a whim. Because yes. if I get a good sense about something, I don't care if like. They get intimidated or they get scared. Like I'm just like, if you want to come, you come. If you don't want to come, you don't have to be in my life. That's okay. But hey, why don't you just come? And he was like, yeah, okay. So I was like, okay, cool. But you were a little like shocked. You were like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. oh, really? She's gonna introduce me to her friends already? And well,
0: like, did 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 I show it? Or you did you what? Showed... Oh, I thought it yeah. was so smooth.
1: So I brought you and to my friend's apartment. There were like a few of my like close friends I would like decent friends mm-hmm. and after the the date while we were walking out in the corridor I think I gave you a kiss oh
0: yeah yeah you made the first move
1: I made the first move
0: yes yeah I was
1: like this was fun give him a kiss
0: oh but I felt like yeah yeah you made no 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 I think even though you made the first move I think I made multiple moves prior to that but I got shut down and rejected oh yeah so, <laughs> I was like
1: you tried to hold my hand too soon uh,
0: yeah that's funny that's yeah. funny or I actually did I not try to go in for a kiss
1: I don't remember I don't, don't remember. think so okay, okay.
0: Maybe, not. maybe not
1: but um the, we'll it's really it. funny because I remember asking my friends afterwards after you left I was like hey what did you guys think of him and they're like um he seems a little bit too like player like and um. a little oily oily in <laughs> Chinese means like um, you're too, like, you, you talk a lot of shit, meaning. Oh, <laughs> You're yes, too, yes. like, you know, salesy. Yes, yes. And, yes, like, gimmicky. Yes, it, it. the Chinese phrase is oily. Okay. <laughs> okay
0: yeah. Okay. Interesting.
1: So they didn't have a great impression. And also, they made a comment about your necklace. Mr. D has this necklace. It's, like, black with a little, I don't know, like it, a silver no, no. pendant.
0: It's, it's a black leather. Uh, necklace and yeah. then with a with a um, sword. It was yeah. a sword. It was a sword dagger.
1: For me, I was like, "That's like super Viet." <laughs> 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 Mr. D is Vietnamese. I hybrid.
0: forgot that I had it. Now and, I want to bring it out. No, and no, no. my
1: friends actually commented on yes. your necklace. Yes, they were yes, like, it. "You know, it's kind of tacky." I miss, I
0: miss it. They
1: said it was tacky, and I was like, "Yes, I agree." But he's kind of fun, so yeah. I guess I'll continue with okay. this.
0: But anyway, that was
1: just like... That's the the beginning. That was the beginning.
0: That's how it started.
1: So over time, we just kept on
0: dating. Yeah.
1: I think we just really got along.
0: Yeah, it was a slow progression of getting along.
1: Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, wow, I can't live without this person. Everything is electrical and then I would die if they
0: leave me. Sad. (laughs) Now it is. Now it
1: is. Now it is. But... (laughs) But it really developed over time and I think what we realized is we really admire certain traits about each other. Um, I think you have a lot of really good traits that I just completely lack and don't have in my life, like patience and good temperament and being able to see the big picture, see past certain small things and not be stressed. And so. I think it's, that's really why we are married because we really complement each other very well. And yeah, what do you think?
0: That's great. <laughs> that's right. That's all we think.
1: <laughs> okay. But before we actually got legally married, I decided to start a blog. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. It
1: was probably um, eight months into dating, maybe less than a year into dating. I, I really decided that I needed to start something that was low cost to start but uh, would hopefully give me more financial freedom in the future and also just allow me to own a business that I could call my own. And so I started a blog and Instagram in late 2016. What did you first think of it?
0: Um, so I thought it was uh, unique. I, I didn't understand the blogging world and i thought it was just like an online diary where yeah. you would just write something down and maybe show people your clothes it's like oh
1: sure cool but also you thought this was just a hobby and that
0: um, totally it was just a hobby yeah 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 because yeah, yeah. it was like, like an online diary as, as i thought then yeah yeah for somebody who doesn't understand that world i was like oh okay yeah whatever yeah so what was the beginning like
1: yeah so i was working really hard at creating this blog you know and i was really working day and night so i went to work actually before your you went to work that's right and then after work i would come back and try and research everything debug my website you know and then write the the blog post and optimize it for seo and then i tried to figure out instagram the growth was slow in the beginning i didn't really know how to do it but I mean, you thought that I was just doing it for a hobby.
0: Yeah, yeah. I thought it was like an interesting hobby that you... um, Yeah, it it seemed like you had a passion for it. So I always believed that um, if you have a passion for something and you can work really hard, something good will happen there but um, you didn't
1: know that i i am a hardworking person
0: yeah i didn't really i didn't think you were ever a hardworking person because in the beginning of our dating dating you would really just chill out yeah we were just hanging out yeah and, and chilling and watching netflix yes so it was it was great it was like a very enjoyable <laughs> time dating you in the beginning and then i was duped and then it was all hard work after that completely duped <laughs> I want a refund. Yeah. Hooked
1: you in, and then was like, "Here's all the jobs you have to do Yeah,
0: exactly, now. <laughs> exactly. All we would do is just have fun, and then after a year of having fun, it's like, "Here's all the hard work."
1: <laughs> no, so basically, I found this passion, yeah. and I started working really hard at it. Yeah. But I remember you told me in the beginning because you didn't believe in social media. You mm-hmm. thought this was all like super silly.
0: Yes. Why does
1: anyone care about like your outfits and like That's the right. photos that you're taking? Right. And so you would. Tell Totally. I me mean, i totally remember you saying you were like tina i think you're so smart and hard-working why don't you put your energy channel it towards like a real business
0: that's right that's right i totally said that because i uh, again it comes back to like i've never seen somebody work that hard somebody to work at nine to five and then come home and do their side business i was like this is nuts You're working two jobs and working till 2, 3 a.m. in the morning mm-hmm. and then waking up early at like 7 a.m. and sometimes doing your, you know, um, side hustle too by taking photos or editing or something and then going to your 9 to 5. I was like, wow, that's nuts. Yeah. So if you can channel it into what I conceptualize as a real business. I would be like, oh, you'll probably succeed there because I grew up in the world of business, um, and, and learning about companies. So I was like, Oh, easy, hard work plus a good, you know, market or a good business makes more sense than hard work versus some random hobby. Also, I think as a guy, and I think this is the, the biggest key as a guy, you don't really understand social media as well. You don't understand that, um, you know women really really believe and care about this stuff and they they interact on social media way more than guys do.
1: Well essentially what you're doing over a long time is really developing a community that cares about what you have to say and you care about giving them the best information in the most entertaining way possible and after you build that community you have a lot of trust and so there's a lot of brands who want to tap into your audience and that's where you could monetize turn it into a business and so on but the first part started with just Mm -hmm. sharing your passions and attracting like-minded people who cared about uh, what you had to say and also agreed with your values and whatnot Mm -hmm. yeah
0: and I didn't understand how to market at all like at that point in time in my life I did not understand marketing social media so I didn't understand why you should build a community it just made no sense to me
1: you always would say like why are you giving all this information away for free
0: yeah yeah it's like like, that makes no sense because in my world you just hold on tight to valuable information and then you through that valuable information that's how you make money you don't give it away for free it made no sense to me
1: yeah but i basically just said like you know it's really important to provide value to your audience so that they want to follow you. But also, I was just really passionate about what I was doing. I just really enjoyed uh, creating content that was visually beautiful and sharing it with other people. And eventually that turned into sharing with other people how to actually do it because that also was something that was highly requested by my audience. Mm -hmm. So it, it became something that I was really interested in doing, just sharing all the knowledge. But why don't we talk about what you were doing before? Because people don't know what background you come from and why you thought this way.
0: Oh, so I came from a finance background. So I spent the last like 15 years learning about companies, learning how to invest. And I had this very, you know, standard way of like understanding businesses, understanding how businesses work. Um, but a lot of those businesses were frankly, old legacy businesses that had been around for decades, rarely, rarely would I come across like a new age technology business that was just up and coming and was growing super fast. And nobody at that point in time, sort of a decade ago, used social media in the way that everybody uses social media today. Yeah. So I came from a world that was kind of old and stodgy, if you will.
1: Yeah, yeah. How long were you working at your 9-to-5 corporate job?
0: Like 15 years, close to 15 years.
1: You graduated college in 2007.
0: like... 2007. But prior to that, I had um, long-term internships too for about a year and a half.
1: yeah. I think everyone is shocked to find that you're actually thirty-seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because I feel, you look I feel young old. and I, you act young.
0: Yes, yes, because I have a lot of energy and I look quite, you know,
1: young. <laughs> I look quite young. <laughs> you should see him right now. So it's quite understandable why you, you know, you know, you didn't understand social media and didn't really support this whole thing. Mm-hmm. He even said like this whole is the whole thing is dumb as shit, and yes, it was caught on camera. Yes, 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 I have proof. I, I like to replay it yeah. all the time.
0: Because <laughs> I, I, how do I put it? It just seemed so. Um, it's not even vanity. I didn't even think it was vanity. Oh. I thought it was more of like. Uh, Why are you giving away, you know, maybe value for free? Why do people want to follow you? Like, why are you so special, you know, that people want to follow you? None of it made sense to me. It's just, I couldn't fathom why any of this made sense.
1: You know, the beauty of social media is that you don't have to be like, you know, Madonna or Lady Gaga or like as unique as that for people to relate to you. In fact, you you, people relate to you more More, when you uh, are relatable, when you are a normal person. And I actually think that's the power of influencers. And in in many sense, that's why we people trust us. They Mm. they it's like getting a recommendation from a friend Mm -hmm. would you trust an endorsement from a celebrity or a a recommendation from a friend Mm. influences are essentially that but just remotely and online Mm -hmm. yeah and through our own platform so it's almost like democratizing Mm -hmm. um, marketing and everybody's voice and everybody can recommend something we can all market things that we believe in and I mean I don't think
0: everybody's got their own groups and tribes you can create your own group. Yes, um, yes. And, and your own community. Yes. So, I, I mean, I had to learn that through a long time and a long process watching all of this.
1: Yeah. And I get why, you know, you didn't want to take photos in the beginning now, but in the beginning when I was in it, you know, I was just expecting like this is my boyfriend. This is someone who says like he cares about me. If I want to do something, if I'm really passionate about it, he should help me. And that's just all I had in my head. Like I didn't think about like, you know, this is not his passion. He's spending his extra time to help out something that he doesn't even believe in. And so it was almost like this self-entitlement that I had mm. that I was hoping that I could just throw a camera at you, like a professional camera at you, and you would just magically whip up these amazing photos. Right, right. And it was very ironic of me because I didn't even understand photography myself, mm-hmm. and I didn't know what went into a good photo. Obviously, I know now, you know, there's all the settings, there's understanding the exposure triangle, there's a lot of extensive editing, composition, and all of that. But when I first started, I just thought that if you have a nice camera and you give it to your other half.
0: Magic just happens. Magic happens.
1: And then you would look at the photo and you'd be like, Okay, I'm happy. Right, But that never happens.
0: I I, I thought that was the same way too. Because I got a camera way before this even started too. And I very, very lightly dabbled in it. But it was just like, I would just aim at something and take a photo, look at it. And it's like, oh yeah, that's great. That's good enough. I also come from a different world. I don't come from an art world. So I come from a, you know, this is good enough when it relates to art. Because I have no sense in art and composition and anything and i still don't so it's the greatest thing
1: so then what are some of the things that um you know i could have done better to make you more willing to take photos
0: what could you have done better i I think well obviously education right Right. so like i if i'm not passionate about it i'm not going to learn about it so if i'm not going to learn about it you got to pretty much either educate your other half or- Educate make it, yourself. Educate yourself. Step one, educate yourself. Step two, quasi educate them or make it so easy for them. So one of the things that I always believe in is do things for other people. So like if you want to ever succeed in life, you've got to practically do the job of, of your boss or do the job of your client so that it makes everything easier for your boss or your client. Yes. So you pretty much if you want your other half to help you, you have to make it so easy for them
1: to say yes. To
0: say yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. You yes. can't just be like, here's a camera, learn everything and change all the setting and then make it great it's yeah. just kind of like hey go to the grocery store and cook me a michelin meal yeah I'm like that doesn't happen <laughs>
1: that was very ignorant of me i have to say yeah,
0: yeah. i but I, I didn't know either i thought if you just buy a really expensive camera magic happens too yeah like if you just go to whole foods then magically you get a Michelin meal no that doesn't happen yeah you can, you can go to any you know grocery store and you could probably if you know how to cook really well yeah you know, magic does happen
1: I know that this is a problem that a lot of couples have you know maybe your other half doesn't want to take photos for you and they're not passionate about photography and so you have to really set things up for them you know set up the composition right maybe even put it on a tripod make sure that all they have to do is click the shutter that makes it so much easier because you can't really blame them for doing it wrong.
0: Yes,
1: And they, blame me. And they can't really say no uh, to, to, doing, pressing a button. to doing something so easy. Yes, yes, And yes. so it's just really making it easy to say yes. That's and right. I would say there are a lot of other smaller things too. One thing is that you could really communicate beforehand. I think sitting them down, let's say if you're going on a trip, and you want X amount of photos at certain locations. You really want to sit him down and be like, Hey, I know you are going on this trip because you want to travel somewhere, relax and do whatever. I also have certain goals in terms of my content. Can we come to some kind of compromise where I will try to do everything to make it easier, minimize the time required or make it as efficient as possible? And can you just help me do certain things like take certain photos and so agree on let's say three mornings out of five you wake up early and you do one hour of photos when it's like less people outside the weather is nice and you set things up so that he can easily take it and from there after you accomplish that you promise to not take any more photos until the next time that you agreed on when you would take photos. So I think that communication helps.
0: Yeah, setting expectations really helps. Yeah. Otherwise, you think that you're going on a trip and you're just... The whole trip is just taking photos day and night, day and night. You feel like you're in uh, a, a photo-taking vortex. Because, <laughs> <It's, laughs> but, but if you just say, hey, look, this is a five-day trip and three of the five is going to be X and it's only in the mornings and it's only going to be you know, for an hour, then you're like, okay, I can visualize that. I can visualize that I will have pain moments for an hour a day. I can do that.
1: (laughs) <laughs> yes, I, I think, yes, uh, helping them understand the limited amount of time it actually takes to take the photo will help them understand that it's not the entire time. Because I think mentally, emotionally, you felt like the entire trip was photo taken. But that's not even true. If you break down by the hour, most of the times it's not taking photos, you know. Uh, so I don't think it's fair for you to say that but then I, I understand because it's emotionally you feel that way. You feel like you didn't get to like truly relax sure. and so it doesn't feel like happy for you. Sure. Before we move on from this topic, I also want to talk a little bit about other things you can do to encourage your other half to uh, take photos for you. I think obviously positive reinforcement, complimenting them, you know, striking their ego always helps just telling them what a great job they did, even though it wasn't great.
0: <laughs> so, so the key I realized is that a lot of people have, you know, some amount of ego, yes. no matter how little. Yes. So the two ways, to do it is you have to stroke their ego, right? Step one in stroking your ego is just tell them that they're fantastic, what a great job they're doing, even if they do a mediocre job, which I never do. My job is fantastic, but clicking a button button is hard. You see this finger?
1: Magic magic finger.
0: Magic finger. (laughs) Um, Step two, where you really got me was like, You would show me even one DM and be like, oh my God, my followers love you. That was genius. That was genius.
1: Yeah, or a comment. Or a comment. They would be like, wow, Mr. D is getting so good at this. And then he'd be like, wow, look at what I'm doing. I am so awesome. Okay, do you need more photos? Yeah, let's take more photos. You're not happy with this? We can do some more. Also other small aspects of the shoot, just optimizing the situation I think helps as well. For example, just making sure that they are fed and not hangry. I know it sounds kind of funny, but it really does make a difference. If I'm trying to have Mr. D take a photo and he's hangry, I know I'm not gonna get like 10 minutes out of him. I'm only gonna get him for five minutes and then he's (laughs) gonna make a ton of excuses saying why he can't do it anymore. And he's gonna be like, this is good enough. All right, all right, let's move on. And he doesn't say it's because he's hungry. He's just not willing to sit there and sit through the hunger. It's the same with like food, I mean weather conditions, if it's really hot, if it's really cold, none of that is ideal, right? So um, I would say try to make sure that your circumstances are comfortable for the person so that they're not like thinking about other things and complaining.
0: You make me sound like a five-year-old kid who can't sit still.
1: You are. (laughs) but also uh, another thing that I think a lot of partners struggle with is embarrassment in front of crowds this is a huge deal they really have such a hard time getting over the fact that people are watching or that you look stupid Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if there's any kind of like you feel emasculated element maybe it's not so much you just feel a little embarrassed Embarrassed, about doing it in public Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean even me uh, you know as the creator I sometimes feel embarrassed too it's not something you just completely get over forever but it's something you get used to and also because this matters so much to me so I can convince myself to push through the embarrassment Mm -hmm. but because it doesn't matter to you you have very little reason to push through the embarrassment so I would say if you can avoid crowds by any means it would help reduce the embarrassment and just having to do it in front of other people yeah so going early to places maybe doing things Um, privately yeah Yeah, or just seeing if there's any content you can do when it's not super crowded or within the hotel room or inside the hotel when there aren't that many other guests
0: you know what's interesting and we talked about this before like um, I am embarrassed when it's just me taking a photo of you but I'm way less embarrassed when it's a team even if you have like another person there um somehow that changes the embarrassment because you me taking photos of you is just like uh instagram husband taking photos (laughs) but if uh i'm around or somebody else or it's a a team it's kind of like you're a
1: production team yeah
0: you're a production team and this team must be important for some reason so i feel significantly less embarrassed for some reason
1: Although most of the time it's just us.
0: Right, right. So it's kind of complicated. Unless you get like a group of friends together to kind of be your own, like your mini production team where you would all work together to take photos and stuff, Um, that's interesting.
1: Yeah, if you can find a group of people to, you know, create content together and do this together, then of course that would be ideal. So, anyway, I will admit this is something we're still working on, you know. <clears throat> yes,
0: that, we're, we're still negotiating every trip.
1: Yes, the balance is, is has to be renegotiated every, every time. time. Yes, but yes. I think that's that's just a relationship, you know. You but always gets, you always got to compromise and figure things out as you go.
0: Yeah, it gets better. I, I will say it gets better over time as you understand each other more. And also it gets better once you see little glimpses of success right once they see a glimpse of success they're like oh this is kind of cool yeah and i think my glimpse of success was when you maybe got your first hotel collab or something yeah because i i'm really really frugal and yes. really really cheap yeah so i'm like whoa oh hotel collab okay i can kind of survive this
1: yeah he's like i get this for free cool okay i'll take the photos for you yes yes yeah definitely i i think it's it's very um what's the word practical i mean i think people will only Mm -hmm. start to understand what you do when they see traditional measures of success yes like you get some perks or you get paid or you get recognition on a magazine that's well known that's when they're like okay maybe this is kind of legit
0: yeah
1: it's unfortunate because often people don't give you enough time to create that content to plant those seeds and to flourish like onika said in the other episode i think she just phrased it so perfectly she was like often people need these markers of traditional success to be able to approve of what you're doing but really a lot of the times you need time for Mm -hmm. for it to build and to accumulate all of that value that you're giving out and um, hopefully, your partner can see that before you know he decides to stop supporting you, or he or she really.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of like you're building your tiny startup or tiny small business when you start. So you you can't just magically um, start a small business and then the next month you're super successful yeah. and you turn it into a great business. It does take time, and I think if you can yourself understand that it's a small business it does take time to build <clears throat> small businesses don't have you know an overnight success there are no real overnight success right it's it's really they say it's the 10 year overnight success story and yeah. it becomes true like you really see this over multiple years yeah. and so when people look back and like wow how did you become an overnight success well i spent 5 years doing this and i spent you know 24 hours a day doing it and then by the way you just found me a year ago and then you just saw my success so it's kind of hard when uh you quit before you succeed yes Yes. and that's what you know happens in a lot of small businesses and it's it's tough
1: yeah so what changed your mind about social media i mean you didn't even believe in social media as a whole like you didn't understand like social media was just apps where you went on to look at funny memes and like stupid jokes and for (laughs) women to kind of spy on each other and (laughs) look at what the other person is wearing like how did you come to understand the power of social media
0: well when i realized that it worked was that when i would dabble or look at social media i was still using instagram through google so i would like type in of leather and lace on google search (laughs) and then click because i didn't really have an account because i was too lazy i was like who who uses this stuff i i didn't put two and two together until kind of a long time ago it was uh, i was sitting around talking to my co-workers and they were like wow some of these um some of these influencers have a million followers and that's a million eyeballs and if you look at like friends the the one of the big tv shows in the u.s dude they have a million or two million views uh an episode do you know how much advertising dollars is on friends? And I was like, holy cow, you're whole, you're freaking right. Yeah. And they're like, I mean, that actually, sadly enough, that was told to me like seven or eight years ago. Yeah, but I didn't put two and two together.
1: You know why? Because when you look at your other half, you think they're just a regular person. You're like, this is just a person I'm dating. They just like their clothes, blah, blah, blah. But they're not a celebrity. Why would anyone want to like listen to you and really care or give a shit about like your personal brand and what you are posting on social media? You think this is just our personal life. And, you know, as regular people, we're very used to protecting our own personal space. But then if you think about how people on social media slowly build their following and they go from first just a few hundred Mm -hmm. of just you and your family, my family, my friends and then you grow to thousands then you grow to tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands then it's no longer just like a very simple like I just am sharing what I like it's more like I have people who um, I can provide value to, who Mm -hmm. trust me and then Mm -hmm. I can give them recommendations And then when you really uh, broaden that scope, it's like, wow, I am really almost like a small TV channel. That's right. And it's a marketing channel that a lot of brands are tapping into. That's right. And so that's why it's profitable. That's right. And and viable. And so it's hard to see it now. I know. Because you think you're just a regular person. Like your other half would look at your stuff and they think you're just taking photos for your camera roll. Mm -hmm but you could be taking photos for your future brand, for your future like personal TV channel, you know? The, the possibilities are really infinite with social media, what yeah. you could do with the influence.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, just go back to the uh, two things that I said, the, the two things to do to create a business is really, you need a good product and you need to market it. If you have your own personal brand, that's your whole marketing channel. Yeah. So you can create so many different products Um, and push it through your marketing channel because you have such a powerful marketing channel and it takes the interesting thing that I didn't realize is that it does take time to build that channel over time it starts so small and so slow in the beginning but there's this concept of just this this like trickle effect and then it slowly um, snowballs yes it's such a freaking snowball because you know like a snowball rolling down the hill it's just like it's so tiny at first and then once it sort of catches speed, if you will, it just grows so fast. Yeah. it's it's the concept of uh, exponential growth, really, yeah. and and it's hard for you know humans to understand this. Yes, yes. but I saw it firsthand. I kind of saw the whole thing firsthand. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's when I believe when I at the middle point of like seeing that glimpse of success and also seeing how the world was shifting and changing. I did a 180 because I realized like five years, 10 years from now, the world's going to change. So that's the change.
1: Yes. Hey, I hope you're enjoying this interview so far. If you're a visual learner like me, then you'll love watching these episodes on our YouTube channel. In addition to our weekly video podcast with amazing guests, I also post YouTube videos and shorts dissecting the creator economy and sharing social media tips as well as my life as a content creator. Head to the Tina Lee official YouTube channel to watch now and don't forget to subscribe. All right, let's talk about your life now. So some people may know this, but some people probably don't. Mr. D uh, quit his job about, is it six months now?
0: Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah. About six months, almost six months ago and left his corporate nine to five that he was at for what? About 14 years. Yeah yeah it's a big big change for us but it really was made possible thanks to social media the Mm -hmm. career i have but also because a lot of because of covid and a lot of mindset changes that Mm -hmm. happen do you why don't you walk us through a little bit about you know what happened during covid for you and why you felt started to feel differently about your career
0: yeah i guess i never I, i i grew up in a very traditional uh business and corporate environment, right, where you would go into the office, you would work in the office, and I just grew up in such a very traditional environment. And then, you know, I know that 2020 was very difficult, um, and it completely changed, I guess, our outlook on life, too. I had always thought for the longest time that I would live and die in New York City. Yeah, really? <laughs> I, yeah. yeah. I, I never thought I could find any other place in the world to live or, or even like any other place in the world. But I think, you know, sort of through COVID in 2020, I, my eyes started to open up that There are other things in the world, there are other things to do in the world, and, you know, very unfortunate that, in a way, life is shorter than you think life is. Mm -hmm. Um, So we left New York, and then we went to North Carolina, where my parents are, and we stayed there for three months. And I think that shift really changed our life. We realized, like, New York City is kind of small, it's kind of cramped. Frankly, New York City is fantastic if you're young and single, or yes. even if you're single, you don't have to be young. Yeah. <laughs> if you are single, go to New York City. There's plenty of people to meet. There's plenty of people to like hang out with. But if you, you know, are a couple and you're pretty established, it's kind of expensive and it's kind of like compact. It's um, dirty. It's dirty. It's dirty. It's a little grimy. The food is great, though. Um, and, and sometimes you have and can find like-minded people. But even if you find like-minded people, everybody is super busy hustling, right? Yes, yes. So you, you can rarely meet people. up. But great if you are, you know, again, single. So I think going to North Carolina changed our views on life, that um, life is kind of short. Um, you don't have to live in New York City to succeed and, and survive. And then you, I saw like a wave of businesses just shift online. Like this shift was just mind-blowing. And so I was like, I I guess, the, you know, I kind of always felt like the future was online, but I never understood how. And through 2020, a lot of things just showed me the light that, wow, things have not just... Uh, grown slowly online it is there's a mind shift there's a game-changing move online Um, so that was one the going to North Carolina told us that hey we don't have to live in a city yeah Um,
1: but also there was remember there was this article about the great uh, resignation
0: Oh yes. Yeah. Yes. So
1: you basically had this whole not mindset change at the same time that a lot of other corporate employees had the same went through the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, they just realized what is the point of going into an office, doing a nine to six or, or nine to five and slaving away for the rest of your life if life could be short and if you could actually technically work location independent. You were able to work from home this entire time. And we had a great time just spending lots of time together at home. And I think those were all um, signs that we actually probably don't need to hang on to your traditional corporate job. Not that it wasn't good. It was a great job.
0: Yeah, I I would say that... I think 2020 also showed that um yeah you could truly be location independent be remote you can build things online i i had always had this crazy itch to try to build or figure something out and at 2020 i kind of got to a point in my career that you know, I, I always wanted to when I was a little, I don't know, 20 something year old and I was like, oh, I want to get to this level. And I did. And it was fantastic. And I was like, OK, I hit it. And now what? What's the next move? In um, your corporate in job? In my corporate job. And then I realized, you know, being an employee is interesting, but... I wanna take on a challenge of, my next challenge in life is to try to build something else. I've already succeeded in this challenge, in this path. Um, I felt good about it, I have spent 15 years working, saving money, living frugally, so I can actually now take a shot at life and see what I can do, see what I can build. Because, you know, at at the end of the day, you wanna build something. Yeah do something interesting and, and, and I was like, wow, I never thought this crazy world of living independently, living outside of New York City, who lives in New York City for 15 years and say and then say, I can live anywhere in the world. It's crazy. But then when you do, I was like, wow, it's it's possible. Yeah. I think the one thing was that you kind of said, hey, if, you know, you, you always want to travel the world, right? You want to see the world. You want to see how other people live and if you are working your nine to five and then if you are taking two weeks of vacation a year and during those two weeks you're still working during your vacation what do you really see and and if you're just adding a little bit to your savings what's the point you know so i think all of that kind of hit me and i was like oh that's kind of a unique view of life And i think that was one of the big things that you told me that just kind of was a mindset shift
1: so how do you feel about your life
0: now life is pretty good life is uh okay okay it's pretty good i get to choose what i want to do every day we get to spend a lot of time together
1: you say it like it's a bad thing it's
0: an interesting thing it's an interesting thing but i I think i just am at a point where i want to explore what is the next path Um, Mm -hmm. while also helping you out a little bit while also um, building out my investment portfolio and trying to figure out how to invest the capital that I've saved. Um, And along the way, hopefully I can learn a lot of skill sets, figure out how to provide value to the world, and with that value, create uh, a business.
1: Since you're able to quit your job, um, a job that other people consider quite prestigious, and you're in a financially comfortable place, could you give other people some advice on how to be better with your finances? How to work towards where you are? Maybe some, uh, talk a, bit, a little bit about like the fire movement.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I really do believe in the fire movement. What um, is it? It's financially independent, retire early. Yeah. So I was, you know, I'm financially independent and I'm figuring out my life now. So He's plus I retired early, um, but I, I think the couple things to get there would obviously be um, step one, you've got to generate income. So you can't just save if you don't have income. So step one is try to figure out either a side business, a side hustle, um, uh, an income, a job that generates pretty good to above average income. So without generating income, it's going to be very hard to save. That's just... It's it's fact, yeah. right? Unfortunately, it is fact. Yeah. So I can go on for hours on how to generate income, how to you know get promoted, how to find jobs that you, you know, that that are high income jobs or side hustles. There's plenty of that out there. Um, so that's step one. Step two is once you make money, don't spend it at all. You want to lock it away in a safe, practically I
1: at mean, all. Spend <laughs> zero dollars. Spend zero
0: dollars. I mean i'm 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 an immigrant like I my parents came here with nothing I was raised with nothing so I view like I don't need anything to survive I yeah. can live in a empty apartment with a mattress and I did it for a decent amount of time yeah and I'd be perfectly happy and I can wear the same thing over and over again and I can be perfectly happy but it does take time I think there's there's also a mental shift that um takes time too. You you kinda need, unfortunately, to spend the money, um, hopefully when you were younger and realize that it doesn't make you happy. Right. Once I spent for me personally, I did spend money, but even then when I did spend just money. A little it bit. was so little. And I realized it did not make me
1: happy. Right.
0: Um right. so For me, realizing that spending money did not make me happy and figuring out ways to generate more income made me happy. Saving money made me happy. So I come from a different world than a lot of people where, unfortunately, we live in a world where the media tells you, you you are not good enough. So therefore, you should spend money. I'm perfectly happy with myself and I actually... Want to counter that? I want to spend as little as possible, and then walk around with as little as possible because it makes me really happy. But it took me a long time to get to where I am doing that. Right? Yeah. I did again in my 20s. Had to spend a little bit, and I said, eh, "Doesn't make me that happy." Like buying brand name stuff didn't make me that happy. Yeah. Um, so that's and and you know you got to track your spending. Obviously, it's very basic, but you know download Mint.com. Not sponsored, but mm-hmm. um, download something to track your expenses and then look at your expenses like you would look at whatever your favorite thing is, whatever, if you're if you're tracking your stats for blank, just track it with an eagle eye. Because I love that. And like, I would look at every single penny that moved. And so I would just laser focus on keeping a very good budget because that made me happy. Um, I would take a long time to buy something and that is good and bad. I think I had decision paralysis yeah. which was good for spending. Uh, it, it took me weeks to find like a couch because I'm like, I will sit in a chair for a year before I needed a couch.
1: <laughs> Remember the uh, laptop that you had? It was uh, like five years old and I had met you like, you know, now, uh, yes. six years ago maybe and you took like three years of us dating to finally get a new laptop. That's right. And you could more than afford a new laptop, but you just kept browsing and looking and waiting for the newest model. You just had this like decision paralysis and you couldn't Come to buy the new laptop, and I heard you talk about it for years (laughs) while we were dating. And I was like, "This is incredible! How does this man work in finance for over a decade and be so successful and spend so little money?" Yes, and I think your spending habits really brought me down to earth and also helped educate me on how to be more responsible with my money. But I'm still not as good as you. Obviously, we have different philosophies on. Money And I prefer to enjoy it a little bit more, Mm -hmm, but I'm definitely so much better than before. And I really do understand the importance of saving and investing and all of that now. So that's a good change.
0: Yeah, I think I also realized how hard it is to create and work for your money. So when you um, realize how difficult it is, then you realize, wow, it doesn't come so easily and you can't burn it so easily. So that's one thing that helps, but I I think having that decision paralysis is also bad. Now I've I've also changed where I've gotten closer to Tina, where it's kind of like, okay, what are the things that I need to spend money on to save time and to give myself be be more
1: comfortable, to be
0: more comfortable, and also to have these unique life experiences because you're gonna only live one time. Yes, Yes. I thought for a long time I was pretty invincible but then I was like, wow, maybe you're not invincible and I want to live at least an interesting life
1: Yeah, yeah
0: Um, So it's important to to spend money there
1: So you're saying I taught you how to live life to the fullest?
0: You taught me how to live (laughs) and spend a little bit I don't think I even live life to the fullest now No, you don't I'm like, wait, should I really do that?
1: It's okay, we'll get there, we'll get there So how involved are you now with my business? What do dep- what do you do?
0: It depends what is necessary. I am an all around free
1: free person.
0: <laughs> I'm a freely freelancer.
1: <laughs> he's a free employee.
0: That's great. No, I can. I, I'm so good that I can do almost any job. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Mr. D actually does help me with some software issues. He also, I would go as far as say he's basically my CFO, Chief Financial Officer because I am very bad at tracking money going in and out. I also don't really track my expenses um, and I don't really look at my subscriptions that much. I just let them happen each month. Oh,
0: here's a great thing. Okay. You need to go on a monthly, quarterly, annual basis and wipe out all bad subscriptions. (laughs) That is a game changer. Every company out there will hate you doing that, but it is a massive game changer to reduce expenses. So back to how am I slightly involved with your business? So I do everything that you are not good at doing, right? Yeah. Which is actually a great compliment. And that's how generally most businesses and great founders do it, right? Where they're like, hey, I'm really good at X and I can just burn the midnight oil doing X, but I'm terrible at these other things. I should not spend my time doing these other things. So obviously I'm a fantastic photographer, so I do that. <laughs> I'm mean, clicking a button, is so hard. Um, and then outside of that, I do all of the legal stuff cause you know, I can quickly go through it, but actually surprisingly, you're pretty good at it now too um all the finances side uh, yeah I make sure that the money doesn't disappear
1: he looks through my legal documents and my contracts yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. so it does
0: help and the software thing I I have now slowly started to learn programming which is really fun um so I do a lot of the software stuff yeah and it's cool and there's a lot of on that side it's just for me it's like wow this is how small businesses will will... Be run in the future. So for me, learning about all of that is just like another tool, another stepping stone in terms of like, okay, I understand how these things work. Let me figure out where I can provide apply value that. And, and, and apply that. Yes. So I'm more than happy to learn all this because I think it's gonna be so useful in the future because mm-hmm. that's where the world is going, you know, going, right? Small businesses are gonna sell a lot online vastly a lot more and marketing is going to go online as it already is. Um, So five years from now, it's going to be a very useful tool.
1: Yeah. So right now on a regular basis, I would say he helps when he wants to and when he can, but I don't necessarily get to govern how much he does or when he does it because quite frankly he's not my employee I don't he's not on my payroll if he was things would be quite different
0: I don't think I could I don't think you could afford me step one (laughs) and then step two
1: you don't want to I don't
0: think I want to be bossed around by you that would be terrible I think that dynamic would ruin our relationship I
1: don't know if that's good for our relationship that's true it's tough so from here on I think Mr. D will just help me from time to time when he can and you know when you finally find something that you want to really pursue then you will go and pursue that but in the meantime i don't have to hire a cfo (laughs) so you're probably wondering okay mr d quit his job he helps you a little bit what on earth do you guys do on a daily basis right we do travel um every now and then We went on a big trip to Italy.
0: Yeah, that was cool.
1: It was partially fun, but also partially honestly just content creation work for me. That was a very important aspect for me. I also worked with the Italy tourism board. So we did have to deliver certain deliverables, content um, during the trip. And we also worked with several hotels. So I also needed to make sure that I created content and posted that in a timely manner for these hotels. But other than that, our daily life really is just figuring out uh, the behind the scenes of the business with Mm -hmm. that software, finances, customer service and all that kind of stuff. And then also figuring out the brand deal side of things. I still continue to create content and keep up with the trends. On a more personal front, um, we have been married for legally, I think it's three years. We passed the three year mark. And for now, we are still very happily married together and he is living this semi-retired life while helping me and I am working very hard to continue my own business. I think in the future, we foresee some little pepes in our life.
0: We hope, yeah. we're working towards it.
1: We don't know when that's gonna happen, but I think that's not something that we're fully in control of, but we do have some plans to Um, pursue egg freezing procedure to as a backup plan and then hopefully we can have a little baby in the near-term future and we'll see where that goes start uh, start a family cool (laughs) yeah anyway thank you for coming on to the podcast with me mr d yes yes (laughs) I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and got a little glimpse into how we work together as a couple right now informally and also how you might be able to communicate with your partner if you're having uh, partner issues where they don't fully understand what you do. Maybe if you enjoyed the episode, you could even show it to your partner and see if you can listen to it together and get some nuggets from our conversation. If you uh, thought this was interesting, do let us know because we would love to know what else you'd want to hear from us. Mr. D is always here, so he can always come on and chat with us on the podcast. So if you're, for example, interested in, uh, let's say, personal finances, how to save more money or how to handle money better, make sure you DM me or you can DM us at fulltimeinfluencer.co so that we can get your feedback. Do you want to do an outro?
0: I don't even know what an outro is. So this is Mr. D leaving you goodbyes. <laughs> I don't know. What Just be outro?
1: like, thank you for listening to the Full-Time Influencer Podcast. Make sure to check out our show notes that is linked in this episode.
0: Oh, okay. <clears throat>
1: and then uh, uh, and make sure to tune in each week for new episodes.
0: Jeez, that's hard. But can you okay. do that? Thank you for tuning in to the Full-Time Influencer Podcast. Make sure to check out our show notes in the description. Also, don't forget to subscribe and tune in to future episodes.
1: Wow, good job, baby. (laughs) Thanks again for tuning in to the Full-Time Influencer Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with someone who could benefit from it. And I'll see you in the next one.